how many of you would say that you have a busy life? Right? We kind of feel obligated to stay busy, don't we? It seems that we are actually busier today than ever before. I remember as a kid watching reruns of Leave it to Beaver, and every night as Ward would come home, he would have a dinner sitting at the table ready for him, a home-cooked meal. And yet these days it seems like we are more often eating in our cars, running from one place to the next. If you bump into someone at the grocery store, you, you begin to just stop and chat with them for a while. And, you know, the question comes up, how are you? What have you been up to? And you know what happens? We begin to list off all the activities that we've been doing. Monday is peewee football. Tuesday's ballet. Wednesday's piano, and then we got to run to church service. Thursday's karate, Friday's poet, poetry class, right? And then Saturday and Sunday are reserved for travel soccer. Most people wear their busyness almost like a badge of honor. Someone's going to ask, how was your week? And, and we reply, busy, right? As if our week wasn't busy, we'd be calling ourselves lazy, we even buy into the lie that our busyness is really helping us to serve God and to serve others. Yet when we look at the Bible, it shows us that God designed us for work, and work is a good thing, right? And so we try to convince ourselves that we need to overwork and that the lack of rest is attractive because it's producing results, and we all want to produce results, don't we? We all want to feel accomplished at the end of the week. And yet the problem is that many of us have let our busyness become the master of our life instead of the Lord. And we can get so busy that we get distracted from the right things. In 1994, there was a Gallup poll that revealed that 72% of all Americans believed that they were going to work less due to the influx of the high technology Yet decades later, we find ourselves working more because of that technology. Our cell phones, we can email, text, surf the web. We can receive phone calls, right? We can work all day just from our cell phone. And statistics are showing that we, are, we actually have eight and a half hours less leisure time than we did a decade ago. You know, when was the last time that you really rested? I mean, when was the last time you just sat down and you didn't watch TV, but you just relaxed? You know, how long has it been since you went for a walk and not just for exercise purposes, but just to be refreshed? Or when was the last time you took a, a Sunday drive? God wants us to enjoy life. And he doesn't want us to live a, a hectic, busy life he wants us to enjoy his creation and, and enjoy what we do. See, God wants us to live a whole, balanced, and complete life. And so will you stand with me this morning out of honor of reading the word of God? It's found in Psalm 127, verse 2. It says, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you that we can look at your word this morning and God, that you breathe life into us. 
And I ask this morning that you would help us to see what's important. God, that you will help us to learn to relax. God, that we don't need to overwork, but we can be smart about how we work so that we can enjoy the rest that you want us to have. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, I I want us to understand that God gives us wisdom to rest. See, from the very beginning of time, this aspect of resting was important. In Genesis, it tells us that God worked for six days, and then in Genesis 2, 2, it says on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. Have you ever wondered why God would do that? Have you thought there and thought maybe God was just so exhausted that you're picturing him out of breath on the seventh day, you know, saying, whew, you know, I've got to slow down. I'm working too hard. No, not at all. God wasn't exhausted. He wasn't tired from creating everything. In fact, in Exodus 31, 17, it gives us the reason God wanted to rest. It says, this day will always serve as a reminder both to me and to the Israelites that I made the heavens and the earth in six days. Then on the seventh day, I rested and relaxed. God stopped to rest and relax because he wanted to set an example for us that we need times of refreshing. We need times to relax and be refreshed. Now listen to me. I don't want you to misunderstand this, that I'm not promoting laziness. This passage that we read said God worked, and he intends for us to work as well. He created us to work, to be involved in some kind of meaningful task, whether it's running a business or running a home. And Jesus is our model, our example to live our lives after. No one was more active than Jesus. In John 5, 17, it says, Jesus said, my father has never stopped working, and that is why I keep on working. You know, there are a number of reasons why we all need to have some kind of meaningful work. When we work, it enables us to achieve greater things. See, people who succeed in life are those that know how to work. You know, they arrive on time. They give their full attention to what they're doing. They, they refuse to cut orders. There's a story of a junk dealer who became a millionaire even though he only had an eighth grade education. Someone asked him how he was able to make a million dollars in spite of his lack of formal training. He said, well, it ain't hard. I just buy junk for a dollar and I sell it for two. You'd be surprised how quickly that 1% adds up. (laughs) Now, obviously, he wasn't a great mathematician, but people can make up a lot of shortcomings if they're willing to give 100% each day. See, work provides for our families. It's by God's design that we provide for our families. So we're not always leaning on someone else or looking for others to take care of us. When we work, we are helping to provide for our household. We're helping to provide food for our tables, clothing for our families, even fun to do things with our family. See, work helps build our self-esteem. When you put worthwhile effort into your labor, it makes you feel good about yourself, doesn't it? When someone comes alongside you and, and validates 
what you're doing. It makes you feel good about yourself. Or when you learn to do something and new and you, and you begin to grow and you learn different things on the job, you, you feel good about yourself. See, when you're doing something that you're really passionate about, something that you really enjoy to do, it just builds self-confidence in you. See, work also increases my witness. When you work hard, when you show up on time, when you put everything into it and you don't complain, you have the opportunity to tell someone that you put your best effort in because you're not just working for an employee. You're not just working for a business, but you're doing it because of God. Colossians 3.23 says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. In everything we do, God wants us to put our best effort into it. It's God who provided for us He's the one that has given us our jobs so that we can provide for our family. And when we are working, God wants us to do our very best. To give our all, not because we're afraid to lose our job or to make the company look good, but because of our character. And our character is reflected in who God is. But in order to have a balanced life that God wants us to have, we also need to realize we need to rest. In Exodus 20, it says, Observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. You have six days in which to do your work, but the seventh day is a day to rest dedicated to me. On that day, no one is to work. Many of us grew up in what was called, with what was called the American work ethic. If you're going to succeed, you, you push yourself, you give you your all, you drive yourself to the extreme. We are such production-oriented people that it's difficult for us to change the pace of our life and, and to just rest. Well, in the middle of this fast-paced life, God says, remember to rest. And he wants us to relax. God designed our bodies, our emotions, our minds to function the most efficient when we work hard, but balance that with rest. Look at what David says and God will do for us in Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Has God ever done that for you where he made you lie down. You know, maybe it was through a sickness or, or some event that you weren't expecting. It was out of your control and, and he forced you to rest. I remember years ago, I, I ended up in the hospital for a week with an infection and, and there was nothing that I could do. I just had to lay in bed and rest. There's nothing I could do but just rest. When you place your complete trust in Christ, you'll discover that no matter what happens to you externally, you can have rest internally. See, God leads us beside quiet waters to refresh our souls. We think that we can keep pushing ourselves, that it's this badge of honor to be a workaholic, refusing to slow down, trying vigorously to, to get ahead. But what's actually happening is we're throwing our lives off kilter. We get high blood pressure, 
We develop ulcers. We, we get heart disease, depression, insomnia. Midlife crises happen. And it's amazing how it's been proven over and over again how important it is to just take a day to rest so that our minds and bodies can be medically and physiologically sound. Dr. James Brown, a British physician, said, we doctors in the treatment of nervous diseases are now constantly compelled to prescribe periods of rest. You see, God knows the inevitable rhythms of our lives. He knows that we don't take time to rest. See, we may be successful in the world's eyes, but we'll wind up physically burned out, emotionally out of touch, and just spiritually drained. We'll be caught up in a downward spiral that weakens our marriages, our families, our friendships, our health, and even our moral convictions. And so God's solution for us is to relax. It's to relax. It's one thing to see the need, but do we practice this? Do we relax? You know, how do we rearrange our lives, prioritize our schedules, and and get back in sync with God's plan for our life? In order to relax, I said, you know, we need to recognize our true value before God. I think one of the reasons why people overwork is they confuse their work with their worth. We think that if we work a lot, we will achieve a lot, and then we'll be worth a lot. We confuse what we do with who we are. See, when we meet someone, after we find out their name, the first questions we ask is, what do you do for a living? We think we get our worth from work, but the Bible doesn't teach that at all. It says our worth has nothing to do with our work. See, you'll never accomplish enough to feel satisfied. You need to realize what God says about you. In 1 Peter 1, it says, You know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ a lamb without blemish or defect. See, God says that you matter more to me than anything else. You matter to me. And I love you so much that I was willing to die for you and shed my blood to show you how much I love you. See, you don't have to prove your worth. You were made by God, so you're worth it. When you really understand your worth to God. When you understand it and know it in your, your heart, not just in your head, but in your heart, it will change your life because God loves you and he values you. And then in order to relax, I need to enjoy what I already have. I need to enjoy what I already have. See, we can be so preoccupied with getting more that we don't enjoy what we already have. We're so busy trying to acquire more and more that you don't enjoy the things that is right in front of you. We can get caught up with a pattern where we buy things that we don't need with money that we don't have to impress people that we don't even like. 
we try to get more and more, and what happens is we get overextended financially. Ecclesiastes 4, 6 says, I say it's better to be content with what little you have. Otherwise, you will always be struggling for more. And that's like chasing the wind. God doesn't want us to work all the time just so that we can pay the bills. That's not the way God wants us to live. God wants us to emphasize relationship over riches. Enjoy what you have while you have it. See, God wants you to enjoy life now. He wants you to enjoy it now. Learn to be content with what you have so that you can focus on what's important, the important things in life. And then in order to relax, I, I need to learn to limit my labor. See, we have to make a conscious decision to make time for the things that are important, right? Things that are important besides work. You have to decide realistically how many hours you want to spend working each week. And I know work schedules kind of dictate how many hours that you do have to work, but it doesn't mean you have to work overtime every day or work seven days a week. When you don't learn to limit your labor, you're going to miss out on so many special moments and you're going to find yourself wearing out. Ecclesiastes 10.15 says, Fools wear themselves out. They don't know enough to find their way home. I look forward to coming home every day. I look forward when I open that door and I hear Ella coming running to me. And there's times where I sneak in and she doesn't hear me and and I just make this comment, I thought I had a daughter here. And all of a sudden, she comes running, screaming, Daddy, and gives me this great big bear hug. I look forward to coming home. When I'm home with my family, it revives me. It refreshes me. See, God knows that we need to be refreshed. He knows we need a day where you don't do work to try to catch up all the things that you haven't finished. So what should you do on your day off? How should you relax? Well, let me just give you three ways that you, things that you should schedule. Schedule rest for your body. Make sure that you rest. If you don't take time to rest your body, your body will take time to rest itself. You're gonna get a flu or a cold or you're gonna end up in the hospital. See, our bodies require rest. And maybe you feel guilty when you try to relax and, and take a moment to rest. Here's what I want you to know. Jesus rested. Jesus relaxed. And if he took time to rest while he was ministering to people, that's a good indication that we need to as well. And then schedule time to recharge your emotions. When you recharge something, you're, you're bringing life back into it. You're, you're re-energizing it, right? And I think of our cell phones. I think as we go throughout the day and you watch that battery level just begin to diminish and diminish and diminish and eventually it reaches a certain point where you need to plug it back in and recharge it. And if you don't, you won't be able to use it any longer. And that's the same way with our bodies, we need to recharge ourselves. We need to rest. See, you're no good to your spouse, your family, to anyone 
If you're drained emotionally, discover what recharges you emotionally. Whatever it is, make sure it's something that is going to help you to recharge. And then schedule time to refocus your perspective. Refocus your perspective. One of the best ways to refocus is to worship God. Worship brings a new perspective. You need time alone with God each day. Schedule time each day to spend alone reading your Bible and, and talking with God. And if you haven't begun to develop that habit, just I want to challenge you, just take 10 minutes of your day to start. 10 minutes. It's, it's easy to carve out. It's something that you can do. But it's something that will be beneficial to you. And you'll find yourself saying, you know what, that 10 minutes came by so fast. And you'll find yourself being able to say, I can spend a little bit more time. See, as you worship God, reading the Bible and, and praying, your perspective in life is going to begin to change. Your stress levels will begin to come down. You'll, you'll no longer be as anxious. You'll be more relaxed. You'll enjoy yourself a whole lot more when, when you're at home with your family. Your family is going to enjoy you a whole lot more, right? See, if you're too busy for God, then you're too busy. Make sure you carve out time each day. Spend time with God so that your focus can give you a new perspective. And then in order to relax, I need to adjust my values. In order to reduce the busyness in life and to learn to, to relax, I have to change the way I think and what is important to me. I have to evaluate those things. I have to look and say, what is it in my life that's the most important thing to me? For me, it's my family outside of my relationship with God. My marriage with Jeanette, being the best dad that I can be to my kids. That's the one thing that I've said will always take first priority in my life. My family. Friday night, I had a daddy-daughter date and Ellen and I, we went out to eat and we came home and we had a Nerf war in our house. And I have to tell you, I had this little vest that was felt and so all the darts were sticking to me. And at the end of our Nerf war, she, she won. I was lit up and we had so much fun. And then, then after that, we watched a movie and, and as I was putting her to bed that night, she said, Dad, Today was the best day ever. It was the best day ever. And she's like, I think we need to do this more often. And when we do daddy-daughter dates, we need to play Nerf War more often. I said, I think we can do that. Now, Braden doesn't know about this, and we were using all his guns and darts. And so he's going to find out in the second service what we did and what he missed. But family's important. See, I'm not concerned about what others have. I'm more concerned about what I have. And I don't want to mess that up. I want to embrace it. Ecclesiastes 4.4 says, I've also learned why people work so hard to succeed. It's because they envy the things their neighbors have. Enjoy what you have. Understand. Adjust your values. You need to say that you're not going to get caught up in having the most toys or purchasing more. 
begin to do a self-evaluation and look at two key areas in your life. Look at your checkbook and your calendar because those will show you what you value. Those are the indicators of where you're spending your time and what you're spending your money on. You'll find out what is really important to you in your life when you begin to examine those. See, first, if we want to change our thinking, we really have to figure out what's valuable to us. In Mark 8, 36, what will you gain if you own the whole world but destroy yourself? You need to ask yourself, what is of great worth to me? I've never heard anyone say that they wish they hurried more, that they wish they spent more time in the office, but I have heard people say, I wish I spent more time with my wife. I wish I spent more time with my kids. I wish I spent more time with God. See, ask yourself, where do I wish I could spend more time right now? What are the things I value? Am I valuing the right things? And then in order to relax, I need to exchange my pressure for God's peace. I need to exchange my pressure for God's peace. And this gets to the very root of our, our life, our stress levels. There's three kinds of fatigue. There's the, the physical fatigue where your muscles are tired. But these can be replenished really quickly. You just rest a little bit. You rehydrate. Your muscles will bounce back. Then there's the emotional fatigue where your feelings and emotions are exhausted. And this can take a little bit more time to, to replenish. You take a day to rest and relax, but then there's the spiritual fatigue. You may be tired and in need of a vacation, but a vacation is not going to, to help you when you're experiencing spiritual fatigue. You need more than that. You need a lifestyle change. You need a relationship with Christ. When our kids were younger and it was time for bed, it was difficult to get Ella to, to, get, to lay down and, and rest. She would resist going to sleep. And yet over the last couple of years, she's gotten a whole lot better as she's gotten older to, to lay down and go to bed. She's beginning to understand more that as she rests, it's helping her, that it's important for her, that she needs to get a good night's sleep because her body needs the rest because it's going to affect her as she sleeps the next day. It's going to affect her as she goes on and, and goes to school. It's going to affect her memory. It's going to affect her attitude. See, resistance to rest is a mark of immaturity. If you're always on the go and never taking time to rest in your relationship with Christ, then you're saying that you don't need God's best for you. I want you to listen to this paraphrase by a Japanese poet from Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my pace setter. I shall not rush. He makes me stop and rest for quiet intervals. He provides me with images of stillness to restore my serenity. He leads me in ways of efficiency through calmness of mind and his guidance of peace. Even though I have a great many things to accomplish this day, I will not fret for his presence is here. 
His timeliness, his all importance will keep me in balance. He prepares refreshment and renewal in the midst of my activity by anointing my head with oil of tranquility. My cup of joyous energy overflows. Surely harmony and effectiveness shall be the fruits of my hours, for I shall walk in the place of my Lord and dwell in his heaven forever. See, why not let God set the pace for your life? He's going to help you. Instead of living a a fast-paced life, he's going to take you on the journey at the right pace. And the only person wise enough to help you is the one who knows you inside and out, the one who created you, the one who knows you better than you know yourself, and that's Jesus. And he would love to trade his peace for your pressure. When you live for God, it's not only the right way, it's the healthy way, the balanced way, the most relaxing way. And when you look at everything that has happened this past month, this past week in our nation, even in our community, we can begin to feel a little overwhelmed. But when you place your complete trust in Christ, you will discover that no matter what happens to you externally, no matter what is going around you, you can have rest internally. You can have that peace that Christ offers. In Matthew 11, it says, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. If you are stressed out, tired, weary, Jesus says, come to me. I'm not gonna load more on you, but I will give you true meaning and will recover your life because I want to make you lie down in green pastures and I will lead you beside still waters. Isn't it time that we really let God do that for us? Let God lead us in all that we do. And when we do, when we relax, God will lead us And we will have joy in our lives and peace. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you love us. God, that there is nothing that we can do that would ever change your love for us. God, your love for us sent you to the cross at Calvary. And God, no matter what we do, no matter what we say, Your love for us will never change. God, and I pray this morning that you would help us to learn to relax. God, that we would put you first in our lives. God, that we would recognize that our value doesn't come from anything that this world has to offer, but our value comes from you. God, that you created us and you created us to have a relationship with you. And so if you're here this morning and you want to exchange your life pressures and give God all your weariness, all your burdens, and experience God's peace and rest for your soul, will you pray this prayer along with me? You don't have to pray out loud, but will you pray 
and just simply say, Jesus, thank you so much for loving me and dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I don't have to try to find worth in anything in this world because you value me. You love me. And God, I may not understand it all, but I do understand this. I need you in my life today. And so I ask you to come into my life. God, I ask you to forgive me of all my mistakes, all the things that the Bible calls sin. And God, will you make me a new person? God, will you give me that peace? Will you lead me beside still waters? And God, will you help me to live for you each day and experience the peace that you have to offer? God, I pray this in Jesus' name. And God, as I continue to pray for each and every one of us here, God, may we learn to rest. God, may we understand that just as important it is to work, that it's equally important for us to take time to relax, to rest. And God, that we shouldn't feel guilty, but we should learn to rest in your presence. We should learn to rest so that we can be refreshed, so that we can continue to, to be a help to those around us. God, help us to recharge our emotions. God, may we learn what drains us emotionally and how we can recharge. God, whether it's through walks, whether it's through quiet times, God, whether it's through spending time with friends, God, may you just help us to be able to find those things in our lives that will recharge us, to rejuvenate us, and finally, Father, I ask, help us to refocus our perspective on you. God, may we find ourselves throughout the week worshiping you through singing songs, through prayer, through reading your word. And God, when the cares of this world, when the things of this world bombard us, when we begin to, to be fearful, God, may we turn to you and God, may your peace come and may we refocus our perspective because you are in control. God, the things that we value, the things that we love, may they, may they become the things that you value. May we begin to value those things that you value, those things that you love. And God, may we love you more each day, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.